advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war up there. And we are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. I know for a fact. And to secret proceedings. Weapons of mass destruction. I have a dream. I take the threat very seriously. A new world order. Your government thanks you for your participation. You are now listening to the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Please, read from sheets. I am... I am... am Sofa King. Sofa King. Now repeat all very fast, please. I am... Sofa King. Faster. God damn. No, not so fast. Lose its meaning. I am Sofa King. You say funny things. Ding, 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 ding. I'm so sad right now. <laughs> what happened? Well, I was trying to move all those plugs around that came unplugged because the battery's dead, so now uh, it's plugged in because it was just like, oh, oh I thought Brad did it. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Because I was going to say, not that evil. for the record, I had nothing to do with it, but I wish I did. No, I don't that know what's good. going on down there. I had I usually have my phone plug right here because my phone's almost dead. So I, I got down there to plug it in, almost broke a fucking bottle of whiskey that my chair yeah. knocked off. Um, and then uh, I unplugged this in some way. Yeah, as we talked about, our, our shelves aren't earthquake proof. Yeah, they're not. No, they're not, yeah. not brinkquake proof either. Mm-hmm. Back of my chair. I thought yeah. the, the chair would just hit the shelf. I didn't think it would go. It would penetrate the barrier between. We the really do need the earthquake proof that though. Well, we, we talked about putting wires up, but we oh, need to okay. thin out. It's it got a lot. I like, need to get on. those fucking shelves, dude. But then I I tried to get to that when you told me, oh, this place has a Carson, or whatever IKEA had it, and then when I clicked the link for them. It like takes you back to Burbank based off your location uh, or something stupid. Like yeah, but you can go to. We could drive there and get it. We'd yeah. have to just drive there and go get them. Yeah, like that's that's gonna be the cost. There's a way. I gotta just got a call or something. I'm, I'll figure it out. They won't ship them. Well, I can't get it ordered because every time you say you could call out of stock, but it, you you could look and say that it was in stock. They supposedly had some at like the Carson one or whatever. Yeah. But when you click the link, it says go to this store. Then it just takes you back to their page. Mm. So then when you search for it on their page for Billy Bookcase, where it goes back you want, to fucking, it takes you back to Burbank or something. Says out of your stock location yeah. based off your location. Like it doesn't let you put in your zip code for it in that particular spot. Weird. I don't know. It's retarded. You can't you can't set as my store. Or That's something like weird. Needs, yeah. yeah. Like, we know that this Ikea has what we need, but, like, you can't mm-hmm. get it. Just fucking buy ripoff ones at Target that look like them. They're there, though. Brent's the right OCD. I, my OCD is killing me, yeah. Good problem to have that we need. We, the shelves that we need for all this whiskey is. is out of stock. It is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, they're speaking of, I got to grab this other whiskey. There's another one there. Is there? Oh, those ones, yeah. Are we doing another one? Or you need to chill because you got. No, I'm fine. That one's from Mike Rowe. I mean, it's from oh, Bri- it's right. from Bar- Brian and Kathy Fish, fishes, but yeah. um, it's Mike Rowe's whiskey. Mike Rowe's yeah. whiskey. Yeah. Mike Rowe. So it came with a, a letter actually. With Mike, Mike Rowe's M- been making waves lately. Yeah, Mike Rowe actually he shit. wrote like our names on the paper and shit. Yeah. It says, "Hey guys, hope you uh, like enjoy this whiskey," and he signed it and everything. Yeah. It was what's the what's the little uh, the things where you insert words? You know the yeah that Mad was that. Libs. Yeah, the Mad Libs. That's it, what it was. It was a Mad Lib of sorts, yes. Yeah. It was like, your name goes here, Brent, Brad, and Dave. So My glass is all smoky from that smoke head. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a after effect. I don't have any water either. Oh, that is smoky as fuck. <laughs> oh, man, it's still smoky. Yeah, it is. That all is right. wild how smoky that is. That's weird. I'm going to drink it out of my... got to use some of this whistle pig to get it out of there. Like, this show's starting out fucking awesome. <laughs> Just 
washing glasses, bro. Look at this. Uh, I'm going to run it around. So the what we're about to drink is Noble Tennessee Whiskey, K-N-O-B-E-L. It's made by Mike Rowe. Is that not Noble? Hmm? Eh, maybe it's Noble. I don't know. I guess that makes more sense. I hadn't heard of yeah. it. Noble makes more sense than Noble, but yeah, it smelled stupid. like the word knob with an E-L at the end. Yeah. Nobel. Yeah, you're probably right, though. It's probably, probably like Nobel. Yeah. Mike Rowe can't spell. It's all right. Yeah. He's been doing all those dirty jobs. Yeah. Yeah, the chemicals went to his brain. Definitely. Has a cork, though. The bottle's nice. I think it's a fake cork. Well, yeah, I mean... it's. It's a to save cork. the environment. Synthacork. Synthacork, yeah. I love that instrument. Uh, oh, you got that. Oh, you got that. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the fucking ah! Robocop coffee mug. All right. Mm. Tastes like something we had before. It's got like a cherry, fl- very strong cherry flavor. Very strong. It's probably cherry Spicy in the taste, front. It might taste like that, uh, that one, the... Traver, Traverse City, Traverse City one. No, that's like cherry all day long with like some. That's really fucking like a cinnamony. That's like delicious. Like a, a, like a cinnamon. Yeah, yeah. That it's, is. It's good. hot, but the not, sweetness not really of bad, the cherry though. completely counteracts the the no, heat. Not really bad. Yeah, it's it's got a and it's forty five percent. So it noble is or noble is actually his grandfather's last name. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's really whiskey. fucking good whiskey. That's a shame that it's like a limited edition, hard to find micro whiskey because that's. Oh, is it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Ninety proof. Doesn't. <laughs> Thank doesn't, you, fishes. Yeah, that shit is delicious. Yeah, that's good. good. That's really good. I mean, it tastes like it's already a mixed drink. Kind of. It, it yeah. tastes like you like a almost like, like it has a grenadine good, in it, but yeah, not like, as sweet. Like a like bartender not, not put a little splash of something in it to. Yeah, oh, that's, it does. That's really nice. It definitely did taste like that. Wow, that's good shit. Like it was finished out. Like mm-hmm. it's, it didn't have a. Weird flavor. That's like a really tasted the cherry though. Really tasted the cherry one. The heat. That's like a good like foggy night Mm. sipping whiskey is what that is. Like Tennessee whiskey, baby. That's that's what's up. Normally, I like the southern whiskeys. I'm usually not a huge fan of. They usually feel really unfinished and kind of moonshiny. Yeah, that's pretty typical for southern whiskeys. Um, That's just like the what they are that one looks like it's been aged pretty good yeah, it's a yeah. dark red like a like a dark brownish i mean red. it had to have been aged pretty good to get those flavors to to come yeah. out no that's nice i really like that thank i wonder who distilled it thank you fishes and thank you mike Rowe. yeah i don't know who distilled it i think you'll hear this i don't think he's gonna hear it but no maybe they'll send it to him i don't know no that's really nice and they signed the bottle, but our handprints have already. No, it was rubbed. the chocolate sauce that got all over the box. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Brent had fun with. I wasn't going to throw that out there, but yeah, that, that why was, not? That no. was a mess. You should throw it out there yeah. because they sent the very, very. They sent two bottles of whiskey and and, and, and chocolate and sauce. chocolate sauce, like homemade they, chocolate sauce. And they put the chocolate sauce between the whiskeys, and the whiskeys smashed the chocolate sauce yeah. on the way here. Somebody ace ventured the box. Allegedly, the chocolate sauce was wrapped, but when yeah, when the UPS guy yeah. got here, FedEx, or whatever, he was like, "Dude, this is leaking everywhere." Yeah, it looked like it had like <laughs> doo-doo, that doo all over the <laughs> box. Yeah. So I mean, doo-doo thank brown. you, yeah, thank you, but like, yeah, be mindful, like when you send stuff, uh, you know, ace Ventura is going to kick the shit out yeah. all the way here. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, so. it, that that was a solid twenty five minutes. I think of trying to, that chocolate was everywhere. It was so hard to get that stuff out of there. The whiskey bottles were inside. Did like you taste inflated it? Did things. You? No, I was tempted to lick no, my finger, but it. in the land of COVID and broken glass, I was like, <laughs> "Hey, <laughs> cut my tongue open." It was there's a lot of glass shards. It was like That's fine. the chocolate was infused. Heck, I've never ate glass shards before. Yeah, you just spit it out. Yeah, it's yeah. crunchy. It's crispy. Yeah, my butthole's seen worse things. What exactly? <laughs> you haven't swallowed your own teeth before. Have you swallowed your own tooth? Fuck yeah. Of course he has. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> they can break all the time. You just swallow them. Yeah, pretty much. Oof. I don't know. What else do you do? Spit it out? Lose all yeah. that calcium? Probably yeah, have no. when that one went, when that one tooth went back there went south. Your yeah, hockey teeth. Yeah. I don't recall spitting any out. Yeah, exactly. You probably did swallow some of that. Yep. You definitely did. While you were did. eating, yeah. You shit it out, too. You bit my you butt. Yeah. Bit me around in the butt. You had fucking teeth in your asshole. Ooh. Not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow! Wow! <laughs> Baum! <clears throat> yeah, so yeah. Delicious whiskey. That Thank was you good very whiskey. Much. That was really good. If um, you're confused right now, what's going on? This is a Tarantino esque episode. Yeah. So that might be why. That is. That's why we got a soundtrack in the background. Yeah. Ass hats. Well, if you're able to hear it or not, I guess you probably can in earbuds. Well, or some people say they can, and some people say yeah. they can't. Yeah, it so. depends on the device you're listening <clears throat> yeah. on. It's um, been nice. We've been doing Mondays and they haven't, haven't been here, but yet. all of a sudden we got fucking. Yeah. And I thought for uh, sure we were off the hook today because it's early. the holiday and we're doing it yeah. like early in the day and they normally don't start until like seven. I guess they ju- they're just tuned in. Yeah. They're like, yeah. we need to start right when they're starting their second episode. Yeah. They, oh, they're <laughs> recording early today. Let's get downtown. <laughs> they're, they're patrons. <laughs> just, just to find out when they fucking chipped in. So they yeah. find out what time we, time we record yeah. our <clears throat> motherfuckers. That's and as right. always, uh, we are brought to you by El Yucateco Hot Sauce, king of flavors since 1968. I've uh, I've gotten back onto the Weight Watchers train, which means a mm. lot of popcorn snacks at night, which means a lot of El Yucateco Man, popcorn's on the good. popcorn. Popcorn's so good. good. Check out your. I got the select again. select brand select brand signature select brand movie butter popcorn. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good because I'm not eating dinners, so yeah. like. Like a, a snack is nice. Yeah. So you get some popcorn and usually doesn't really affect you, yeah. you microwave know, in the popcorn. morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. the microwave popcorn. I rarely eat popcorn. Popcorn's yeah, fucking I really good. Like, yeah, I, I like popcorn. Like popcorn. Yeah, some good buttery. You know what I mean? If you don't leave your I like, fingers I mean, buttery. I, lately I've been probably lazy, but I get, um, I get the skinny pop white cheddar popcorn, okay. which is actually accidentally vegan. Mm. And it's fucking delicious. But... When I'm not eating that, I just, I didn't think I just about oil that. pop my Wait a minute. Own popcorn. You can't just eat any popcorn? Oh, it's butter. Really? Well, most of it doesn't have butter in it's it. It's not real butter. But like it's if like it's oil. like cheddar flavored, oh, it's going to have like a cheddar yeah, cheese yeah, yeah, yeah. powder. Gotcha. I was going to say, I was like, what the fuck? And they have eat? two cheddar flavors. There's yeah. like sharp cheddar or some shit that yeah. has cheddar that mm-hmm. has cheese in it, but the white cheddar one is vegan. Man, I bought that. I talked about, I think a long time ago, them fucking Boy Scouts conned me into their popcorn. It was like $40 for a box of popcorn. And dude, it was kettle corn. That shit was fucking good. It had a little, the little bag had like a little fucking burner in it, you know, like the little metal, you know, you have the little, uh, little cooker inside of the Uh thing. And, uh, man, it really fucking made that like kettle corn esque popcorn. Yeah, Yeah. it was, it was good. Uh, pop tarts aren't vegan, huh? No, they have have jelly. Yeah, but they're dairy. The non frosted is Um, vegan. Really? Even with the jelly inside of them? The frosting is what has the gelatin apparently. Really? (laughs) Yeah. That's weird. Brad is at the Kramer's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jews. 
we were Jeez. at uh, Matt, Maddox had done some yeah. research. You can't have dairy at all. It makes him like deathly ill. It's not like he just has to go to the bathroom. He's like, huh. it fucks it must him be those up. enzymes, huh? doing something. So he fucking yeah, was yeah. like what, probiotics. Nothing helps him. I mean, he takes vegan. probiotics. He takes all that shit. But like, he's just huh. been like, he'll, he won't even eat vegan mac and cheese. Yeah, but he can have oat milk and all that stuff, right? Yeah, we, we got oat milk. That, I yeah. finally narrowed down the oat milk to the fucking. What's that? I can never say that word. Vegan mac Chibani. and cheese. Yeah. Chobani extra creamy oat milk. That fucking shit is better than regular milk. Really? I fucking, I'm telling you, I, I, it's better than milk. Hmm. Like, it is better than milk. It's really good. You know that what? Oat shit, milk, though, I have to say, like, almond milk's a little weird. Yep. You know, like, I can, I can drink it in a like shake sticks, or something. Like but, yeah, it has a woodsy uh, soy milk I just don't like. But oat milk, I got some oat milk. I don't even remember what brand it was, but it was just regular old oat so milk. Smart and Final That's has fucking it good. Now. Do you ever it's go like to Smart and Final? No, I don't go to Smart. Smart and Final is expensive. I think uh, certain things, dude. Smart and Final. Yeah, like I don't the, have time to the look. Oat though. milk is three ninety nine there. Where it's I like, guess I shop at like Vons and Albertsons. So yeah. I guess Smart and Final uh, won't be that bad. I don't know if, uh, Albertsons, I, do, I think they do have it. They so probably have Chobani. So if you look for Chobani oat milk, get the red one. Okay, yeah. the whole whole oat, it's like, it's like extra it's whole milk. creamy extra one. Creamy. Yeah, the red one's extra creamy. So like like pretending to be whole milk. It's probably pretending to be whole milk. But I'm telling you, man, that shit is better than regular milk. Okay, I'll try it out. Yeah, no, I do like oat milk, and if I can get away from like, because literally, like, and I've been talking to you guys about it, but I'm doing like micro changes, you know, so very small changes in my diet. Um, yeah, nutritionally, so I don't know what it has, like be... calorically or fat wise. I haven't even examined it. I just didn't want regular milk, and, and we got that. And I yeah, moving away that. from like I'm not gonna like I still want to eat cheese and stuff, but I want to like mm-hmm. cut back a little bit. You know sure. what I mean? Like I'm not gonna have no cheese on my tacos. You right. know what I mean? Like I'm gonna eat tacos. I'm gonna have cheese on it. Right. But if I can not drink milk, you know what I mean? Like right. that, that's kind of what I'm gonna move right. to. You know, and just kind of kind of break it down a little bit, not not as much. You and, know, uh, beyond breakfast sausage, that fucking shit's good, man. I got the little fucking you know little mm. pouch one of it. Yeah, it's pretty uncanny. Speaking of, all right, I forgot my Chipotle story last time. So you know, I've had drama with Chipotle. I fucking yes. the one time I got the burrito and I posted hey, on Twitter, Junior. it's like this yeah. fucking big, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know the little sausage things you get, like that's about what the burrito looked like. It's like this fucking big. Like it was a bitch ass burrito, not a Chipotle burrito, not a eleven dollar burrito, right? You right. see, they're big. Like, yeah, Chipotle is known for the big fucking burrito. Big so, ass. How do you get a small burrito with a big ass tortilla? So they don't have big ass tortillas anymore. They shrunk uh, their tortillas, so their employees have to make smaller burritos. Uh, so then that was my problem. That last time, is they rolled my burrito and broke it and did all that fucking shit, and it was dirty, and my family got food poisoning, and so it was like fucking Twitter and contact and corporate, and I was going back and forth with those motherfuckers, just telling them like, hey, here, here's a free burrito. Just do better. I don't. I've told them I don't want a free burrito. I just want you to do it right. I just want to. I want to eat at Chipotle still like i've been eating yeah. there since they fucking started right yeah. that's like one of my favorite places and uh they just go like oh here contact us this i'm like you just sent me a message to contact talk to me right fucking here like take your link back and have the conversation like so i went to the stockdale um chipotle actually i got home from fucking working all day on sunday and was like i just want chipotle and i uh, told my daughter berkeley i was like hey just order it she has like the meal in there for yeah, like, yeah. and that's what everyone wants to hit it and every time i ever get it through the app they fucking don't have to look you in the eye when they make that fucking burrito or something. And that's when you get the little fucking potato. It's like a burrito that looks like a potato. <laughs> like it, like the dollar menu. It's ridiculous. Uh, dollar it menu legit Taco looks Bell. like a potato. Like it fits in my fucking hand and barely hangs off, right? My dick's bigger than this fucking burrito. For <laughs> <laughs> like it's not, a fu- like it was bullshit, dude. So I fucking go to pick it up and I go in there and I was like, I open the bag and there's like fucking bowls in there. It's like whatever on the bowls. I don't know. You can't see them, but I could see that little bitch ass burrito. I'm like, I'm I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna fucking lose my fucking mind, dude. (laughs) And I walk out and I'm like, fuck this place. I'm not going again. I was like, no, I'm going back and I'm gonna tell them to make this fucking burrito. So I walked back in there and I was like, hey, is your manager here? And I'm fucking pulled a Karen. 
And she was like, um, he's on his 30 minute break. I was like, of fucking course he is. The time I come to get my fucking shit, mm-hmm. he happens to be on his break. I was like, well, who can I talk to? She goes and gets this guy and this little dude comes out and he's fucking right away, dude. He's on defense. I was, yeah. like, I was like, hey, bro. He's an like, angry Karen out he's here. He's like, what's wrong? And I was like, this is what's wrong, dude. I was like, take this and go make me a Chipotle burrito. Does that look like an $11 burrito to you? I was like, look at that. You can't look me in the eye and tell me if I would have ordered that burrito right here in line that my burrito would look like that. I was tempted to go order the burrito again and get to the restaurant. Like, here's the com- like, comparison. Here's that one. I'll take this one. I already right, paid yeah. for a burrito. I want this one that you right. made. I don't want that one. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not going to do it. Why are you holding it like a football? Yeah. Like it was like because I want one. Fo- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want it yeah. to be like a baby. I want an eight pound, six ounce fucking baby right, burrito. Right. Yeah. So I tell this fucking guy, and I can tell he's pissed. He fucking goes for like, what? It's not his fucking meat. He goes yeah. back there and fucking slams on the counter and does his shit. But I'm standing like at the at the mm-hmm. precipice. Watching I'm standing him. at the fucking thing on the line, so I know this motherfucker's not spitting in my burrito. So I'm standing there and I just wait for him to make my burrito. And I wasn't a total dick. I was just like, go do it right, do it right. Yeah. And, and I was like, make a burrito that looks. I like expect a burrito. this to be a Chipotle. So burrito. he fucking does it. I see him slam the other one in the trash, throws mine in a bag, and brings me back with this bag and hands it to me. Doesn't say sorry about that or anything. I fucking walk straight over next to the soda thing where all the fucking silverware is at. I fucking dump that shit on the counter, unwrap the foil, flip that burrito open, no guac. I fucking walk straight back over. I was like, hey, bro. I was like, try again. And he's like, what? I was like, it's not, there's no guac on this. Is there no guac on that? I was like, I'm not doing this for my fucking health, bro. I just want my burrito so I can fucking eat dinner. And so I fucking hand him the thing back. He goes and gets a tortilla, dumps my whole fucking burrito on it, throws guac on there, and rewraps that motherfucker. And it's like the size of fucking a baby that time. Yeah. Like I get it back and it's finding the right fucking there size. But it's fucking bullshit, dude. I had to go through that shit to get him to make I the goddamn burrito one, right. man, because I get Chipotle all the fucking time on the east side one and I get beautiful, delicious big fresh healthy yeah. burrito I'll yeah because the I'll one the one on the one on yeah. gosford um that's the only one i ever go to and i don't go to chipotle a lot but i've never had a small like you know usually they're they're fucking i need to know, go talk to like the manager like the, the general manager face to face and be like yo like you're in fucking integrity and consistency like everything this sucks man it's dirty the problem is is yeah. that it doesn't matter they have to care they still about the have, fucking store. They, they don't, or else it would be line. clean. If they cared, it would be clean. Right, but I will say this: it, though, there it would was, be everything would be in order already. There was a minute late summer when the East Side Chipotle was completely understaffed because no one was. Everybody was still getting their stimulus checks, and no one was working fast food. We got some rotten like chicken there before when I was still eating meat. We got some bad really? chicken there. It's stunk. No, we the, took it right back and the, said, "Hey, this stinks." Because I went there twice and had really fucking bad experiences, and then ordered it delivered you guys are crazy like three times in a row and i was just like i'm done like i'm fucked chipotle i'm not going and i didn't go for months and then erica and vaughn came and she wanted to get some chipotle and i got it and it was like okay that's what i expected when it's it to good, be like it's and then fucking it was good great again. dude when it's good it's okay. great i don't want it to be i know some people don't like chipotle no i'm not saying it's bad like i eat it but it's like there's better places you know what i mean like not for better... me to do like a vegetarian option really uh, though. i'm yeah. gonna be in a cheese burrito like, yeah, i can not, go there and get a great a great burrito if they do it right and that is part of the thing it's like i problem, don't though. i've lived for years talking like you'll go to a mexican restaurant and talk to the waiter and they're like oh no You're there's not nothing vegan no but they'll no. be like no there's nothing there's no meat products like there's like the beans are completely like vegan you're good with it and it's like okay so i'll get it and then like two years later like I'll be there with somebody else and they'll ask and a totally different waiter will be like, oh yeah, we cook the beans with lard. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I've do. been fucking eating this shit for two years because you assholes. <laughs> it's like Mexican yeah. food is one of the hardest foods no, to Mexican, get vegan. Because Mexican food, they cook everything in yeah, the yeah, lard. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter what the fuck it is. That's like, why I love Chipotle lard. because yeah. it's, it's, super not, white. it's yeah. not as good as a real Mexican, Mexican restaurant, food, yeah. but I know it's vegan and it's still a good burrito. You know, yeah, and I get that. For you, it's a little harder. Like, But for you... I'm not trying to avoid lard. 
I mean, I, I kind of do, but um, I wouldn't go through all that probably. But I think my answer is I just go to Victor's. Like Victor's. That's what I'm saying. Local. There's other places yeah. that you could go. I don't know if I can do it with an app. It was just easy. And like, where's there? It's there's, super there's easy. Victor's closes right here, though. There's a Victor's right. on the east side. And then there's a Victor's oh, over there's Callaway. A Callaway. So, so it's Callaway, like kind of yeah. far the fuck yeah. away from me. And like Chipotle is right there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I, I just wanted to work. Eat I should Wiener try that because the Victor's up on the east side is right across fucking street from Chipotle. Victor's I'm surprised, good, I'm surprised and, they're still yeah, open. Yeah, Victor's, Victor's is actually better than Chipotle. Is, is there stuff F vegan though? That's my. Um, I think they catered to that. I don't know if they have some cool like sofritas and like chorizo, but you could make a, ve- a vegan burrito there. Yeah, I think so though. I think they know that their direct competition is Chipotle, and they're probably mimicking that. I might have to try it. Because I always forget that that place is because it's in a weird ass. It's a weird parking. It's lot. It's a weird parking lot. You can't see it from any major yeah. street. Like I can't believe it's even still open. Is Victor still on? Is, there's one on Seventh Standard too, right? Oh, I don't the know. The one that's right there by there. Champs Barbecue. Oh, I don't know. That's there's one right there too. I think there's one right there. None of that's close to me though. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. But, but anyway, what makes what sometimes makes you got to drive. Potato dick burritos delicious is Chipotle hot sauce. So put it on your potato dick burrito. Mm. Oh, nice. That's right. Yeah. Um, and as always, uh, thank you to our patrons. Uh, you keep the, the long intro. trains getting here on time. I know. So I'm trying to funny get 20. To, it was a funny 20, but it was a good, it was a good rant in there. I didn't want to break up the rant. No, for sure. Um, thank you for being a patron. If you like to show you like what you hear, go to, uh, www.patreon.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.
like Quentin Tarantino from Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. I've never actually watched the entirety of that film. Really? I, I, no. I really same like, thing I, with Reservoir Dogs. I've never watched Reservoir Dogs. I've seen parts of it, like where they have the dude in the chair. Yeah, Is that yeah, where they have the dude in the chair mm-hmm, and they're fucking? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they're fucking him up. Yeah, I've seen parts of that movie. Never watched the whole thing. That's a good movie, man. You should give it a chance. And I don't love Reservoir Dogs. I, that I like that was the problem. I, I was watching it and I think I just was like, eh, like whatever. I think it was but, a very important film, but it didn't I, hit me. I same thing with same thing with Pulp Fiction. I'm sure I, I agree it was, even though I haven't seen it. You know what I mean? Like there's there's things about it. You know, and I know about the movie. You right. know, I know what it is. I know what uh, what type of uh, pop culture. You know, what I mean, cult mm-hmm. following it has. Um, but like for me, it's it was a different thing with with um, with Quentin Tarantino, and that was from Dust Till Dawn. Mm. You know what I mean? Like one of those. See, I haven't finished that movie. See, and from Dust Till Dawn was like one of like for whatever reason. Like I love that movie. Like that right. movie, the way the way it is, the way it's produced, the way it's directed. Like I really like that movie. And but he didn't direct it though. No, but the 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 he was involved. Obviously. He was involved, and that's where that's where my liking of his stuff started. Like started, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, and then that's why I said like because I never saw Pulp Fiction. I never right. you know watched Reservoir Dogs, um, in in its entirety. So right. like when I start, that's the first instance of me like actually seeing him, you know, and knowing mm-hmm. who he was. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was like, oh, okay. Like then, then you start branching out from there and I finding. Saw, I saw Reservoir the good Dogs. The Everybody raved about it. It was like this underground thing. He hadn't even released anything else yet. I knew he wrote uh, Natural Born Killers. I knew that he wrote. Uh, I'm forgetting. I know the, the, other, one. the other one. Um, good movie. I knew he, he wrote some really cool stuff. Reservoir Dogs was out. He was he wasn't like a huge name yet, but that was when I used to be a real fucking. Uh, cinephile. I used to just fucking go to the fucking video. I would rent every movie, watch yeah. it, like obscure shit, good shit, new shit, classic. I just watched movies all the time. And I saw Reservoir Dogs and everybody said it was going to be the fucking greatest thing and change my life. And I was like, it's it's fine. Like, it's a, you know, it's a good crime movie, whatever. Like, I just, I feel like he was still getting his pace. He was still figuring yeah. out who he was, you know, on the screen. But when Pulp Fiction came out, I was very eager to watch it based on his previous work. And I would like it came out at the theater. I was in college. That movie like defined several years of my life. Like, Pulp that Fiction's movie, a trip, man. To have those different so storylines all tie into each other. So good. Yeah. And it's a weird twist on like fucking Arthurian mythology and like all like it's I think just, you're right about his intelligence. Really his level of intelligence just makes him come off like an asshole because yeah. I think you know, he realizes that no, he, he's, his level of intelligence makes him an asshole. Yes. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make him come off like an asshole. Because he has like a support, a superiority complex does, for the for po- sure. point of like, he, he knows he's smarter than someone or like the person interviewing him is like, I'm fucking smarter than you. Right. Like I'm a better writer than you. I could do your job better than you. Like he knows that he fucking can. But so, he can't. Mm, like some he's stuff he not could. a some better stuff he might like, be able to. for other filmmakers yeah, yeah but like when he, like at one point he was talking shit about a film critic and saying i can do your job better than you and i'm like i don't know that you can i don't think you film have the critic he, I, I mean don't, i don't he is he, the guy. He's too biased on film yeah, yeah i don't sure. think i don't too think, hard, think i think too harshly opinionated like yeah, i think I where his genius is like you said though is that like um like so like take Django for instance uh-huh. like i like that's one of like that that movie's awesome. I love that movie. That J- Django movie. is a, a very, very good movie. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Hateful Eight, 
which I didn't is like fucking Hateful trash. Yeah, I didn't really like it. I, fucking, I, didn't get, I mean, I'm I didn't sure get through it. I'm sure there's some people that like it. I put it at the same level as Reservoir Dogs. I, I, I was like, no, that was, no, no, that no. Was, that it's was fucking that trash. I do. I hate and that's it. what I think about his fucking last movie. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I fucking turned it off. I haven't even watched it. It's that fucking one. garbage. Hated seen, yeah. that so, movie. So that's what I'm saying, though. There's some like on every level. It's almost like Adam Sandler, right? Like Adam Sandler, he has movies that are fucking god awful, fucking mm-hmm. terrible. But then he has a really good movie, you know. Yeah. Like, and some people love him, and some people hate him, right? Um, like Adam Sandler has fucking you know Happy Gilmore, which is one of my all time favorite brilliant. movies. Celebrated for eons. Yeah, yeah. it will be. It'll it be will passed be. down. To you know how many people aliens are yeah. going to watch that movie? Uh, and, and, a thousand years and from now, he's not joking. Yeah. Like he's serious because everybody fucking. Then they're gonna, then they're going to find little Nicky. On that they're going to find little Nicky exactly. and they're gonna be like, "What happened here, though?" <laughs> you read my mind, right? Because that fucking movie, that and fucking Billy Madison, I fucking hate those movies. Like. I wanted to like Billy Madison. I did You're too. supposed to like Billy yeah, Madison. Yeah. If I you like Adam Sandler, you're supposed to like Billy Madison. And I don't love Billy Madison. No, I don't like yeah. it. So like that's that's where there's genius level at right. in that. You know what I mean? Like there's there's they they can create something that you absolutely love and is one of your favorite things, and then they can also create something that fucking yeah. you fucking when absolutely they miss, they miss. hate. Yeah, you know so. Yeah, and I think they have the ability to do that right. though, because well, they're so fucking broad. Too, like when you're like someone like Tarantino, um, he somebody's he, gonna hate me for he, he for doesn't care Adam about Sandler to <laughs> yeah, Tarantino, yeah. but like he doesn't have to appeal to the masses. No, right? no, sure. and and he gives zero fucks if he does. Yeah. Is the other thing. So he's trying to do what he's trying to do um, artistically, you know, yeah. um, cinematically, and and I think that he achieves his goal to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. And it's crazy coming from where he came from. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I do have to say, like, I mean, I just to reiterate, reiterate, just to reiterate how much I fucking hate that fucking last right movie. I don't. I gotta watch it. Quit see. watching movies. Which one is that? Because I might have like I even if I'm watching a movie that's a total terrible. piece of shit. Like the worst it gets. I'll fast forward like 10 minute chunks. Yeah. Cause I just want to see how the narrative plays out, but I'm tired dialogue, of watching. Like it's fucking garbage, dude. Nothing about it is interesting. It's like people raved about that. They, I was so hyped because everybody fucking like, it was like going to be the Academy Award winner. But I mean, come on, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt is the fucking leads. Like yeah. I, with him directing, I'm fucking sold. I don't think I got 45 minutes through. I was like, this is a bullshit movie, dude. Hmm. Margot Robbie. Like, nope. I think you definitely oh, have the, a unique perspective from a writing aspect where it's like, that's going to be that hard. Movie, like, dude. you'll see through some shit when it's like, if it's lazy in any way, or you can see how things are evolving or where, the way they're leveraging this or that or trying to like lead. I don't know, man. Whatever he was trying to do, he wasn't doing it for Interestingly me. enough, uh, if you look up Quentin T- Tarantino's filmography, Little Nicky is in there. What? Is he yeah. in it or did he? I, I think he was in it. Yeah. Oh, on some strange. level. Look, Weird. it's right here. Yeah. So what did he that's do? very strange. I don't know. Weird. I'm looking. I was trying to find out if he was. He played He played a demon. Maybe. Yeah, there might no, be. Probably. So we'll get in. We'll get into his life here in a second. He kind of looks like the giant guy from Happy Gilmore a little bit. He played Deacon. Deacon. D-A-C-O-N. Deacon. That's funny. Deacon. Deacon. A religious person. Tell me he doesn't look like the guy with the nail in his head from Happy Gilmore, though. Kind of. Like yeah, that, if he, if that guy had a little brother. Mr. Larson? Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Larson. He looks like Mr. Larson's yeah. little skinny brother. So I pulled a, a, from, I went into Rotten Tomatoes and I pulled the Rotten Tomatoes ranking of all of his movies because I thought they'd be an accurate depiction of what the world thinks of his movies. So his bottom movie was Four Rooms, which was 14%. 
Hmm. I may have seen it. It was really bad, but it was, it was directed by four different independent filmmakers. Um, and they each directed a 30 minute story that's a strange within con- the concept. same that happened at the same time in the same hotel. Yeah. And I feel like if just, that stuff worked just, out that people would do it more often. It was garbage. Yeah. Um, and it got a 14%. So I wasn't the only one that thought it death proof, which I never saw. Um, that's Brad's favorite. Cause it has Kurt Russell was a 65%. Hateful eight was a 74%. Ugh, I don't think this is an accurate depiction. So um, it was fucking terrible. Then we upgrade Kill Bill 2 was 84%. Kill Bill 1 was 85%. Those movies are fucking fantastic. They're fucking great. I fucking yeah. love it. Charlie Brown. Fuck, I love those movies, yeah. dude. Once Upon a Time in America was 85%. Django is 86 Jackie Brown is 87 And I remembered really not liking Jackie Brown at the theater, but I think it's because it was the release immediately after Pulp Fiction, and yeah, it wasn't nearly as Fiction, gonzo. Like, it was, uh, yeah. It's a different it's thing. based on yeah. a novel, so he's kind of has to follow this, right. this story. But when I rewatched it years and years later, I was like, no, that's actually a good movie. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, 89%. That might be my favorite Tarantino movie at this point. Dude, that scene with the baseball uh, bat. Oof. Yeah, Inglorious Bastards. Just the opening scene. Yeah. The opening scene, dude. So much I, tension. I like that movie. Great movie. Like I said, Django, I've, I've watched Django a lot. Like, I, I like that movie. Like, no, that's it, a good that's movie. That's a great fucking movie. Yeah. That then, the Dentist. I fucking love that dude. That yeah. actor is so fucking cool. And Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction are tied at 92%. So that's his. See, and I almost think like that's ranking. like, yeah. And like, I don't know, man. Like, Oh, the dentist is in Inglorious Bastards too, though. Yes, he he's is. the fucking the Russian ass, guy, yeah, the a, fucking, or German, guy. the German, German yeah, yeah the German scary, guy. Scary that motherfucker, Christoph Waltz. He, he is, is yeah. scary, he like is. that. Like he is a small man, but he is just like you know that he has yeah. the power to kill your whole fucking family. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that part where they're at the house looking for the fucking Jews. Oh my god, it's so so fucking tense, scary. dude. Oh my god, it's terrible. and he does, it's and, and that was when I was like, oh, you're a brilliant fucking filmmaker because you are raising the tension. And they're just having a conversation. Anxiety. And it's just like, fuck. I was like, ooh. And then even later, the scene with the Germans when they're undercover at Mm -hmm. the bar. And the three. Same level of tension, dude. You're just like, oh, this is going to fucking go down. I mean, he's he's with the same category of like you have, um, uh, what's his name? Rodriguez. So Robert Rodriguez, the director. And then you have Frank Miller. You know what I mean? Like those guys, like Doing like Sim City, Grindhouse, Sim City, mm-hmm. or yeah, like or Sin City, and then yeah, you have like those style of movies, uh-huh. like which kind of fit in. They all have that similar. Guy Ritchie has like a crazy. Yeah, thing like he the, has his own little style, but yeah. it's like like those three guys though, like like Robert Rodriguez, um, like those types of movies are very similar to Tarantino esque like movies. Like something ab- something yeah, about like, like, Rodriguez yeah, has never resonated with me though. I'm not into gore and that shit's always bloody as hell. Yeah, he's he's a very like grindhouse. It's like I like stuff, Sin yeah. City. I like the comic yeah. better than the Sin movie, City was but cool. it was cool, but I've never been a huge yeah, Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez you know uh, Dane Forst fucking did a Sin City of is it Marv? Yeah, the the, the big dude or whatever uh-huh. Sin City. He he did a fucking huge ass painting of that shit and he put it in some art gallery over here, but he didn't want to sell it and so he put like five grand on it and some lady came in and bought it for her husband oh i'm sure and the guy called and he's like hey i sold that painting he's like well, well, well what he's like, no i didn't want to sell it he's like <laughs> he put, put it in a fucking price, price on it, on it. Yeah. he's like but he was like fuck i guess i got five grand for yeah. it though. jesus yeah. christ yeah do it again yeah yeah next time put it at ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah see if you sell it so as a youth uh he was born in 1963 in knoxville tennessee my dad's uh, my dad lives there right now i've been there a couple oh, times. really yeah um 
his uh, apparently he was partially named after Burt Reynolds' character in the TV show Gunsmoke, who was named Quint Asper. I mean, he's he was meant to do this shit. Like, yeah. His uh, his dad was like a small time actor trying to break into it. I'm not sure what his mom did, but she had a quite an impact on him. Apparently, um, as I guess all of our moms do. They moved to California when she was four, um, and he re she remarried, and the guy that she married was like loved cinema and and you know lived in L.A. And would take Quentin to go see everything. Like they went and saw movies together all the time. Even shit that a kid shouldn't see. Like they went and saw Deliverance, <laughs> you know, when he was a kid. And they yeah. would go see super sexualized and violent movies. And they would just go the see everything. The Mother's Day shit was where I was like, oof, man. Like if your kid yeah, did that shit, you'd be his, worried. You'd take him to the fucking, like see somebody. Yeah, his mom in a quote said, um, he wrote me sad Mother's Day stories. He'd always kill me and tell me how bad he felt about it. It was enough to bring a tear to a mother's <laughs> eye. He's like Stewie. She sounded it's fucking like Stewie weird. from Family She's kind of weird, too. It sounds like. It sounds like it, yeah. Um, Maddox when, asked me the other day, he's like, how come Stewie's always trying to kill Lois? I was like, I, I don't know. It's, it's funny somehow, <laughs> yeah, it though. Is, yeah. Um, when he was 15, he got grounded by his mom because he got busted shoplifting an Elmore Leonard novel from Kmart. Um, and Elmore Leonard is, he's like a gritty, not even gritty. It's like he writes these quirky crime stories that are often about a detective or a criminal like getting into stuff. And uh, it's what Jackie Brown was based on, an Elmore Leonard novel. Have you read The Switch? I haven't read The no. Switch, but I've read a couple of them. I, I read Get Shorty, which they made a movie oh, yeah. out of, and then mm -hmm. they made a sequel to it. I've, I've read a couple of his books. They're interesting. They're kind of funny and quirky. I can see why, like if he was stealing that book at 15, because it seems like the style, I can't really explain the style yeah. of an Elmore Leonard novel, but they very much reflect sort of the sensibilities of a, of a Quentin Tarantino right. movie. Um, which again, he's only made, he's only directed one film that he didn't write the screenplay to and that, right. or come up with the story to. He wrote the screenplay, but it was a Elmore Leonard story. Benny was telling me, I was at Dagny's, I told him we were doing Tarantino, and he's like, Do you know that he like writes the scene based off the musical score? And if he doesn't get the rights later, he'll just fucking have to rewrite the whole shit. Yeah. Like for Kill Bill, that whole fucking fight scene, the yeah. crazy one, that yeah. they had to rewrite it. Oh, really? Because the he originally he did it to a different song, oh, and they wow. had to change the song, so they rewrote the whole motherfucker. Because the music is a massive oh, part yeah. of his of He does his such movie. a good job with music that's what That's what made Pulp Fiction resonate. Mm -hmm. Like, I listen, I listen to that soundtrack so many fucking times, dude. It's, it's weird how musical score has such an effect on a, a yeah. scene, you know what I mean? That's, like, when there's yeah. something chaotic happening, but there's some nostalgic fucking cool song right. you listen to, right. or something that's so calm or classical music while there's just bullets flying and yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. someone's blood's flinging or off just someone. creepy, some creepy 50s song with a slow pan through a creepy old house that a serial killer lives in or some <laughs> shit. I can hear yeah. it, dude. Um but he wasn't good in school. He spent all of his time watching movies, reading comics, and writing, um, like writing his own screenplays and writing his own plays. And uh, um, he said that he liked history because he kind of viewed history like it was a movie. Yeah. Like he would always see it cinematically in his brain. So that was the only uh, thing that he cared about. Um, then at uh, 16, he dropped out of high school. Um, he worked at an usher at an adult film theater called the Pussycat <laughs> Theater in L.A., and he took acting classes at the James Best Theater Company. Did Pussycat? <clears throat> it's Pussy Wagon 
in a pussy wagon. Yeah, yeah. pussy wagon made. Which it he owns that truck and he actually drives it. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, not all the time, but That's he funny. drives it from time to time hmm. through Malibu. Um, but his mom, like, like again, I mean, I don't know their relationship, and maybe she did all kinds of fucked up shit. But the story that he tells is like, wow, you're a fucking cocksucker. He stuck to it. I can't so believe he followed through. He he said, this is a quote from him, she was bitching. So he's talking about the fact that he's he pays no attention in school. He's failing all of his classes and all he does is sit there and write screenplays. Of he wants course to, your mom's going to tell you this Because he wants shit. to do this. So his quote was, she was bitching at me about that. And then in the middle of her little tirade, she said, oh, and by the way, the little writing career um, with the finger quotes, this little writing career that you're doing, that shit is fucking over. She just meant don't do it in class when you're supposed to be doing something else. When she said that to me in that sarcastic way, I was in my head and I go, okay, lady, when I become a successful writer, you will never see one penny from my success. There will be no house for you. There's no vacation for you. No Elvis Cadillac for mommy. You get nothing from me because you said that. And he's never fucking when he any money. Then he drops out of high school at 16. Because at 15, your mom said, you're failing all your classes. Quit writing screenplays. Because she was trying to be a mom? Yeah. 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 So. Clearly fucking bothered him. I mean, obviously. I mean, he verbatim still knows what the fuck she said with air quotes that day. Like, Mm -hmm. God damn. I don't think I yeah. remember anything. He, he seems, over he it, seems that weird, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, he's, he's a fucking. A, he's got a, a huge ego. He's guy. fucking he massive. My egotistic. He almost has an ode to her for that. To be honest, that might have been the yeah. fucking drive. Probably fuel was. To the dude. Fire. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll show you, bitch. It yeah. almost like that. That's yeah. really what it was. Probably right. he was like, "Fuck that! I'm right. gonna go fucking this." What I'm gonna do? Constant fucking like. Thing that that kept, is the driving force. If he still fucking knows it yes. to this day, yeah. it bothered him yeah. that bad that he's like, I'm going to get successful. Right. Fuck you. That was, right. I'll show you, look at me now kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And also, she's the reason. Keep in mind that he'd been writing screenplays in his, uh, like, well, let's do this for again. long in enough. In air quotes, though. Yeah, screenplays. Yeah. But he'd been writing <laughs> for long enough at 15 that she was snapping and getting on it. Yeah. So it was like he had cinematic visions like since high school right you know which most people don't have you know what i mean so he really felt it early on um and uh it's crazy when you look at most iconic figures that are successful like that there like when you look back there was you always knew that they were going to be steve jobs yeah right like you always always knew they were going to be a serial killer but i wonder if there are some people where it's like man like i mean there definitely are like they they went for like i'm going to be a famous screenwriter oh yeah oh there's door the majority million the majority walmart door greeter hey have you showed you my script yep yep (laughs) that's the majority i mean it's a very it's the music industry it's the fucking you know actors writers you know the whole thing it's fucking the labia majority small percentage actually end up even look at professional sports how many kids play football yeah in the how united many states make it to the NFL? how many nfl players are there right not right. that fucking many right you know as opposed to how many actually play so you know college kids so and i mean the other thing you have to keep in mind with a screenplay if you're trying to make a movie if you're writing a screenplay you're writing a document that has to be good enough for a studio to say yeah we'll give you 50 million dollars yeah yeah. Like I'll get all I'll gamble fifty yeah. million dollars for a bullshit movie. Like fifty million dollars isn't like a big budget, like mm. you know, but two hundred is a big one. I watched a documentary called Q eight. 
It's mm-hmm. actually really good. Um, if like maybe even in your spare time later after this is over, you might still give a fuck enough to watch it. Uh, but it's a breakdown of his first eight films and it shows interviews with all the actors. And it's supposed to be, you know, that he treated some people bad and there's some bad right. blood and stuff. But oh, like sure. everyone speaks very highly of him, even if he's an asshole or whatever. Like everyone is like you fucking I don't care who you are. If you're an actor, you're waiting for the day that you get to work with Quentin Tarantino. That's why they. That's sure. why they speak highly of him because they just want to get in the next movie, right? <laughs> and it's fucking nobody's gonna talk shit about him. He's still alive. Well, well no, it's true. I mean, there's a handful of directors right now. And they say it's like, fun, and it's like this is the way. Like on set, he does this and that. I mean, there's this stuff with Uma Thurman and shit, and like yeah. car wrecks and, and shit. Yeah, but we'll and they show it sure. on there, and, and he says on that documentary, or at least they quote him to say that because I don't think I actually talked to him on that, but. Um, that it was the worst day of his life. It was a huge mistake. Like there was supposed to be a stunt person there, and he kind of like was like, "You got it. You got. It. You could right. do it." And talked her into fucking doing that. But, um, but otherwise, probably, that's probably inexperienced. They speak you know? to his genius, right? They're like, like no one directs like that. No one does this. No one lets you take liberty this way or that way. And like, I don't know. They they just spoke very very highly of the process and how um, non standard and unorthodox yeah. it was from working in other sets. But he probably also treats his stars differently than he treats anyone else in the world. Like he has to get these performances out of him and he respects, he respects them and their work. Well, he chose them like for that a ego is going to get tamed because it's like, I'm in his mind, I'm the best screenwriter alive. Right. And this actor is the only one who can play that part because he's the best actor alive. Right. So it's like, I'm finally looking at a yeah. peer yeah, when you got you what's know, his name, uh, what's his name for Jackie underling. Brown? Like he gets people that were like kind of washed up to be on yeah. some. Yeah, he's he does. Kurt Russell he uses them in a few movies. Yeah, John Travolta <laughs> yeah. brought that motherfucker back. Dude, he re- Samuel, I mean, Jackson, Samuel Jackson was, owes his career to Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Totally made him. Uh, I mean, he was an actor. He was getting bit parts yeah. and whatever. But from Pulp Fiction on, he was a fucking a lister. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking you know? scene, dude, where he's fucking oh, yeah. the fucking. So you won't know my name when he's fucking screaming that shit, dude. That was a fucking legit ass scene, dude. Um, and he's still, and he's, and he's such a purist, like, uh, you know, cinematically, he uses film, doesn't want to do digital, still yeah, uses squid still packs, uses 35 like, doesn't have fucking yeah. CGI. Like, he, like, uh, yeah. they were talking about the Django scene, dude. He was like, there was fucking blood everywhere. There's a blood 30 feet up on the fucking ceiling. <laughs> yeah. They said that room was fucking, those were real explosions. Those are real fucking splinters. Yeah. You had shit sticking in you. Like, that place was blown to fucking splinters. They said there was nothing on the floor bigger than a toothpick and it was covered in fucking blood. Yeah. He's like, because he does, he wants that shit to look like that. You and it's I mean? why he claims he's getting out of the film game if he ever actually does because it's getting increasingly difficult to make a movie on film yeah. instead yeah. of having to go digital yeah. and he wants to keep it that way so yeah. he starts working at a place called Video Archives which sounds really fancy but it's just a fucking movie rental store um, and he works there with a guy named uh, Roger Avery who he ends up working with a little bit later but it sounds like he fucks they, him out of a writing credit they interviewed that guy and he still was like yeah man like he was sleeping on my fucking couch and shit yeah. when he was trying to make uh, yeah. Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction like, and, and he still didn't seem bitter no one really seemed bitter with him there was a little bit of weirdness with the whole fucking uh, uh, Weinstein. Well, yeah, that gets Th- there's some weirdness. Yeah, Harvey yeah. Weinstein. Yeah. yeah. So um, while he's working at this video store, he, True Romance, that's the other thing. He yeah. writes True Romance, good movie. He writes Natural Born Killers, good movie. Crazy weird um, movie, yeah. Uh, he does a guest spot on Golden Girls playing an Elvis Presley <laughs> impersonator. I saw that clip, dude. <laughs> 
He kind of stands out like a sore thumb. I don't know if it's just because you know that it's Tarantino, but it's he's like... He's just a weird-looking person, I think it's because he's a too. fucking bad actor, too. He's very Maybe. bad, yeah. He has his so very own, bad, yeah. dude. It's pretty bad. Such a bad actor. It's like blatantly bad. Like, yeah. almost like he's doing it on purpose. And I, I, I don't know if he to, is or not. I equate it, even though I think he's a worse actor, like I equate it to Spike Lee. It's like early Tarantino movies and early Spike Lee movies, they both put themselves in the movie, and it's like, wow, you are bad just idea. the worst yeah. actor in this whole movie. Well, yeah. you why did you put yourself in this fucking movie? Yeah, yeah. budget dude like when you watch that q8 movie they talk about reservoir dogs like fucking steve buscemi's wearing black jeans he don't even have suit pants on like those are their suits that they brought from home like they lucked out that harvey Keitel wanted to be a part of that because he loved well, the fucking script like but by the time his razor, fiction like, came around he could have hired someone to play his small part yeah he just wanted to be in the fucking movie maybe go find any ego. white guys that were gonna nah, say that fucking ego. line yeah maybe um so that part wasn't bad though. He just, you know what it is? It's his, his fucking face, dude. He has that. <laughs> he has the I, bitter I sh- beer just, face. Yeah, no, like, it's I just bad. Smell dude. the fucking bad. fart. Like he has that. It's bad. He's like, hands- almost like the De Niro thing. How De Niro has that face sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like right. He has that weird. Uh, you mean Al Pacino? Yes. yes yeah. That's it's it. like if you're yeah. in a scene with two great world class. You talking to me? Hua. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's your shit, it fucking stands out, dude. Yeah. Like he just. He, well, he's also surrounded by. You know Samuel Jackson Travolta, Harvey Keitel, like right. DiCaprio. So he should know what a good actor is and get yeah. one to play those roles. <laughs> yeah, but those are I also agree. some of those are like beautiful people too. Like you're gonna stand out amongst those people. Those are just like he's yeah. not a great looking. You're guy. fucking no, hair not. thinning. Yeah, like, he's just no. not a good looking guy. Yeah. No. So he he starts to work at a production company. He's gonna listen to this. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm not good looking guy. He's gonna not good looking guy. Seasoned assist on the cover. Art. <laughs> um. He uh, writes the script for True Romance, gets it to Tony Scott, which is a fucking achievement. Uh, I guess it's not if you have a good script, but Tony Scott is Ridley Scott's brother. He's like a major, uh, major director yeah. out there, uh, has been for decades. Ridley's, believe it or not. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, he ended up, he also, which I didn't know this, he wrote Crimson Tide and The Rock. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, he but, wrote The Rock? I yeah. saw that he was part of The Rock. But I didn't he, know if he wrote it or he not. He didn't. He went unclaimed. He didn't yeah. use his name because he wasn't, I guess he wasn't writing. Some writers will do that. It's like, I'm just writing some shit to sell so I can fucking pay the rent. Yeah. But this isn't a movie I want to associate myself with. Cause yeah, because that's day way I'm, different. Like, yeah. This is not me. This isn't my they style just needed of this, writing. They, we need this part done. And you're a good writer. You have the ability to write it. It was more of just a task. Yeah. Right. It'd be like right. if a chef had to fill in at fucking uh, a regular restaurant. Like, he can make the steak and shit, but that yeah. wasn't his recipe. Because even as we, I mean, we'll get there in a minute, but even with uh, Natural Born Killers, he ended up, uh, Oliver Stone bought the rights, made the movie, made some changes in the script, and then he fucking got all pissed off and fucking got in a huge fight with Oliver Stone. And he was like, take, take my name off the movie. Like, I don't want my name associated with it because you've ruined these scenes and they're not my scenes anymore. Right. And it's like, do you know what a fucking movie is? Bitch, you sold me the screenplay. Yeah. Now it's mine, yeah. and I do whatever the fuck I want to do he with said, it. Bitch, <laughs> like but he, I'm Oliver fucking Stone. Yeah, Oliver Stone's like not I mean, especially at that slouch. point, yeah. he had just come off a of platoon, a million fucking Academy Awards. Like this fucking guy that works at a video store is trying to fucking tell me how to fucking do my. He scenes? changed all the characters' name to Inus and Anus. Yeah, and made the main character <laughs> right. a tranny. Yeah. The yeast and it's wars. like I understand, like, and I guess yeah. you know, at the end of the day, he just wanted his name taken off of the film which, which is not the brightest which, thing ever which, well it's not the brightest thing but 
it did he still, it he still got royalties his, na- his name is still yeah still he still gets it, yeah. the same pay Oliver yeah. Stone is probably like fuck you bitch yeah fuck like, you fuck bitch his name's staying on this motherfucker <laughs> yeah Brad did you ever watch Gentleman Bronco I feel like you won't like it though like do you like Napoleon Dynamite or like Nacho Libre or shit like that gone <laughs> do you like those yeah I mean Nacho Libre is nah I mean they're okay he will he I watch will, him once I watch him once like that's it you if should he, try to find funny. Gentleman Bronco he yeah. will be a he'll be mad at you for watching when it? Gentleman Bronco is over. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I love those kind of movies. You'll though. be very mad if you watch Gentleman <laughs> yeah. Bronco. So you're telling me not to I'm telling you not it. to watch. I don't know. I would say try. Try it for yourself. I turn turn it off it. if you want. Well, I me and movie. I mean, I already know. Me and Brent have the <laughs> most Wars. opposite. Yeah. You know, we're we're mint and chip brothers for life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to movies, we are the exact opposite. Yeah. There's like flying As reindeers with machine gun titties and all kinds of shit. The yeast lords, it, yeast lords. Yeah. Well, it's just like the the Creed thing you sent me. Like you thought that was funny, and I'm like, it's like that wasted my time. It wasn't a great example of it. I couldn't find the original video. It was like, there's a better version of it, but I'm sure know. there is. But it's still, I don't know. Maybe, just, just watch the trailer for Gentleman Bronco and see what you uh, think. Right. Yeah. yeah, watch the trailer. Yeah. Definitely watch the trailer. No, with no volume. No, keep no, full volume. volume yeah. oh, okay. So Reservoir Dogs. Um, he writes the screenplay, um, and. Uh, ends up getting it to Harvey Keitel. And uh, he said, quote, I haven't seen characters like these in years. And he signed on to do it and to produce it. And it probably wouldn't have gotten made if Harvey Keitel did. And it's not like he was a huge actor at the time, but he had been, you know, had names. Yeah. He had had coupons to cash in and he cashed him in to make reservoir dogs. And uh, it uh, did really well at uh, Sundance film festival. Um, and uh, really put his name out there. He became like a, you know, an indie cult director who was hot shit. Yeah. You know, and this is the same time it's that like, Robert this is Rodriguez, a guy to watch out for like, right here. And this is the era of indie filmmakers. He was doing it. Uh, Robert Rodriguez was doing it. Kevin Smith. Yeah. Uh, uh, Favreau. Like they were all scrounging up money to make their own movies. And the movies ended up being as good as big budget Hollywood movies. And everybody's like, oh, fuck, we should take a look at these at these people. Yeah. And we've kind of left that era. Like yeah. in a way, the the MCU and the streaming services and the big budgets behind everything are making it harder and harder to I make. I mean, they still have the Sundance, film. you know, they still well, have no, they it, do, but, but I mean, not, a lot of times it's a it's big budget same. movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's backed by people now because right. they're trying to get like, yeah. they're getting all this big backing. Yeah. So it's not the, you know, the local guys that are, right. you know, trying to come up with something good and, right. and, and there's, know, I mean, there is still a market there. for it. Though. I mean, the, the, this is a long time ago, but the guy from, uh, Reno nine one one, yeah, the guy that plays Dangle, the main the guy uh, from Kids in the Hall. The, no, yeah, he's from oh, he's from the state. He's not. He's from, he's the, from state. the state. He's from the state. Yeah, he's from the state. Which state? Um, this one? Yes. The show MTV state. The MTV show. The state. <clears throat> Most of that. A lot of that crew is from the state. But he, for a chunk of years, he was the most successful and highest paid screenwriter in Hollywood because he. And I saw an interview with him. And they were like, what's your secret? And he was like, you just have to know how movies work. He said, I write movies that are going to cost nothing to film. Like I think of how many, like 
how many sets are they going to need? Right. Like, how can I limit, like how many characters can I get rid of so that they don't have to pay salaries? How, like what city can I set it in that has filming facilities as well as we can film outdoor stuff in this? Like he does all these really smart tactical things. And it's like, no, there aren't, it's not like we go to a hockey game because it's like, that's going to cost a fucking fortune to film that. Right. You know? And it's like, he makes all these decisions so that movie companies are like, Oh fuck. Like that's not going to cost shit. Like buy that yeah. script because we're gonna make it. So all these it's like, actually a good script. But yeah, it's and not he, gonna cost he writes a bunch either, of romantic yeah. comedies that yeah. are nothing like his comedy style. Right, but they just sell like fucking hotcakes because he knows exactly how to write a script that is. Gonna that's that machine. machine. Yeah. You know, that's that. That's yeah. that. You know, the music machine. This song sounds like that song right. because it's that's what sell. people want. You know, right. it's gonna sell. So they do these romantic comedies, which are the easiest because for one, you're targeting women. Right. You know what I mean? And women, watch, women watch anything. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, he didn't give a fuck. He was like, no, I'll write a movie. I don't care if, you know, Hallmark picks it up. It makes it a TV movie. I still made a lot of money on that script. Yeah. You know, I'm curious how they pick those like filming locations. Like, is it just like it's available? It's a house. It's for rent. It's for sale. Or, like, what do they do? People still live there. Like Max and I uh, went to uh, LA on last Wednesday and then we went to a ton of movie houses because mm-hmm. usually we go do something. Last time we went to the office place, but this time we went to Jim and Pam's house from the office. We went to all of the modern family houses um, and we went to the Golden Girls house. A lot of times the houses are just external just right shots. There. It's just a, yeah. They don't film anything no, in the house. They have they'll, a set built. They'll rent that house for the run of the show so they can always do establishing shots and film outside, but the entire set is what's inside. We went to a Sofia Vergara uh, Gloria's house, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we roll up, and the fucking gate's open. Like It has a security gate. It's just open. I was yeah, like, oh, shit, dude. In. And I was like, come on, let's just go. And Max is like, we're getting in trouble. I was like, no, fuck, just walk in there, bro. This started, we're here. That gate is yeah. open. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, no one lives there right now. It's like they were doing construction. There was like a construction vehicle in there. I was like, we can walk right up to this shit, man. The worst that's going to happen is they can tell us, go back outside. We're already outside, bro. Let's do this. I was trying to just tell him, like, you got to just do stuff sometimes. And so we go walking up there. I already and- see Maddox calling from jail. He was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was like, Look, that's that's the number pad. It's like the gate code. He's uh-huh. like, that's where that's where Sophia Vergara like pressed the number nine and was talking to and like he's going off about the scene. He's like, Oh shit. So I take his picture right there. I take his picture at the gate. I was like, I was walking there, bro. Look, the front door's open. The front door of the house is open. <laughs> he's like, Oh, they're, they're gonna get us again. I was like, What are they gonna do? They're gonna tell us, hey, you can't be in here and we'll walk the fuck back out. We're already not in there. You know what I mean? And so we go walk in, then there's a dude in the back of a van, and I was like, I was like, hey man, I was like, you care if my boy goes over and takes a picture in the front door? He's a like, huge fan of the show. He's like, ah, oh, go ahead, dude, go ahead. He's like, and I was like, hey, can we? I was like, can we go in the house? And I was like, he's like, he's like, dude, my boss will get pissed, bro. He's right there. I was like, can I ask your boss? He's like, I'll just get that picture in the front door. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm not gonna press it, dude. I was like, I appreciate it. And so he went over and stood in the front door, and I took his fucking picture in the middle of the front door. That's cool. Like walked around. I was like, damn, we're like, he's like, oh my god, they stood right here and they stood right there. And then we went, right. to, we went to Mitch and Cam's, and we went to fucking the Dumphy's house, and it was just like, it was fucking kind of cool. But I do wonder, yeah, how much of that is interior? Sometimes, like if it's shot like The Office or like Modern Family, they might have filmed it in the house. Yeah. You know, just because they want that raw documentary style thing, but for the most part, well, they have them going like it depends right. too. They like, definitely have them, they have them going the in and out of the house. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You, you, like you, I said, though, the like, camera following and I, them. You know, I didn't learn that. No, my friend Andy was working on Malcolm in the Middle because I went to visit him on set, and it's just like, oh, this is their house, like yeah. in this big ass fucking building. And I was like, what's the house? And he was like, they rent the house. 
and they just use it for exterior shots. Like if you see them coming in or out or they park and walk in or if we have to decorate it for Halloween to show there is no following shot. them out the door. Like, no, there's that, no the, the inside of that house is just a fucking right. empty yeah. house. You know, that now, they those rent. ones they show them like falling out the front window and a bunch of shit. So I feel like they did definitely did some stuff in the house. I think Maddox was telling me either read or saw something. The kid from Malcolm in the Middle. I don't know his name, but that Malcolm. he doesn't remember filming any of Malcolm yeah. in the Middle. Damn, he, he was drugs. too young. Yeah, yeah. Cosby does. Well, like, he was young and it was just like. I don't fucking know. It was just it was week job. after week, scene after lines, scene. Lines, lines, yeah. I was a kid. Like, he wasn't that young, though. He was in his teens, yeah. probably. He was probably yeah. fucking 12, 13 years old. But it was just a job. Yeah. It was like he just yeah. showed up and did it, probably. And now he owns like a honey company or some like a hmm. some kind of like weird like gourmet... I don't know, like a syrup company or fucking syrup. some shit. Like that's just what he like does. Maple syrup or fake ass motherfucking bullshit. Something like that. But I mean, and he's still just got to be fucking loaded for Malcolm in the Middle and endless rerun. He's still making money on. Fu- he's making yeah. more money than I am right oh, now sure. on reruns of Malcolm. In making the Middle. more money than us setting Fuck, here. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, um, he becomes a huge underground classic because of Reservoir Dogs. And uh, his next film, which he actually has a budget for, and now people are excited about it because he's got this buzz as the indie who made it, um, becomes Pulp Fiction, which, God damn, it's that long ago? 94. Oh, that fucking kid, dude. His name is Frankie. Almost 20 Frankie years Nunes. ago. Yeah. He's had nine concussions and a fair amount of mini strokes, TIAs. That's why he doesn't yeah, remember. Yeah, that's why he doesn't remember that shit. So he has oh, terrible wow. memory loss because of it. Damn, that's fucking crazy because yeah. he has head injuries. He's supposed to be really because Andy worked on the show. He said he was a great guy. I wonder why the fuck he had so many concussions. And his little brother in Malcolm in the Middle, he was like fucking apparently a hey, super Dewey? cool kid. Yeah, Dewey was supposed to be just like the coolest kid. Like Andy loved him. They used to hang out. He said everybody on that show was amazing. Brian Cranston was amazing. He's he's like run into Andy's run into Brian Cranston several times since Malcolm in That's the Middle, cool. and he just sees him and he's all Andy, and because I mean he oh, worked shit. on the whole fucking yeah, run of the show. You know you're years. gonna you get to know all of them. You yeah. know, but he's like super cool. I guess all of them. Back before cool. he was Walter White, I need to rewatch that show. I remember loving that fucking Malcolm show, in the Middle, but I haven't seen it since it ran it's been a long time. Yeah. Um. So anyway, he does uh, Pulp Fiction. Um. And uh, again, like he brings back John Travolta's career. He lights Samuel L. Jackson on fire, which all you had to do is give Samuel L. Jackson some say, really fucking good lines. Fire, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he gave him that chance yeah. and he wrote him amazing lines. I mean, all the shit I'm talking about, Tarantino, uh, the fucking Who's the script. dude that cuts the ear off in, um, uh, in Reservoir Dogs? Which actor is that? I can't remember. Kurt they, Russell, probably. No, Tim no. Roth? No. No, 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 not Tim it's Roth. It's Michael Madsen? That might be right, yeah. yeah. So he's that the Vega dude, brother. Yeah, they, he wrote um, the part for him in Pulp Fiction, and then he didn't. He couldn't do right. it. It wouldn't line up, so John Travolta did it. So he changed And then they showed the interview, and he was like, he was like, dude, I couldn't have done I wouldn't have thought of that. He's like, I wouldn't have twisted like that. He's like, John Travolta got the dance moves yeah, on the floor yeah, and that yeah. shit. He's like, I wouldn't have done yeah. that. I wouldn't. He's like, he's like, yeah, he wanted Michael Madsen to do it, and he ended up doing the Wyatt Earp movie. Mm-hmm. So he was already on contract for yeah. Wyatt Earp, and he couldn't, the t- schedule didn't line but up. But I thought it was cool he, that he gave Travolta credit. He's like, I, it, it's better with yeah, Travolta. He's like, cool. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, you know, that's at the height of Bruce Willis's popularity, and it's really a movie outside of what you would expect Bruce Willis to do. You know, he's playing yeah. a washed up boxer instead of a fucking action star. Yeah, that and, scene where he comes oof, in on Marcel's Ross, dude. 
Um, the fucking bat or but, saw uh, or sword. He has a sword. That's what it is. Yeah, Samurai yeah. sword. Fucking shit. <laughs> it earned $108 million at the box office, which was a fucking serious No joke from a from a zero Fuck budget, yeah, you know, fucking wearing <laughs> yeah. their own jeans and yep. tuxedos movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, he got the best original screenplay Oscar. He didn't have dress shoes. That's why he wore those cowboy boots. Like those cowboy boots were his cowboy boots. When he pulls the razor out of the cowboy boots to cut that fucking dude's ear oh, off. Oh, really? Yeah, those were his cowboy That's boots. But like if you're Quentin Tarantino and like he's like, oh, I got these cowboy boots. He's like fucking perfect. Yeah, like, it gives it, it that. Yeah. It gives it that feel. And like, it does, it's not even the same. Because like, he even wrote uh, Samuel L. Jackson's part was supposed to have like a giant afro with a afro like a soul a, fist yeah. pick in oh, the back of it. That's some bullshit right but there. But the like when they got to set to film on the first day, like the from what I, I read a long time ago, like the person who did the wigs didn't have an afro wig. Right. And they oh. had this other wig and they were like, we've the got Jerry Curl and he was wig. like, it's get not the, like, you know, the Rick like, James wig. I think it was like a collaboration, like with a wig that they had. And Samuel L. Jackson was like, well, we could give that wig a Jerry Curl. Right. And then I guess he was just like, that's it. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. like, you got his Jerry they, Curl. They put that shit that's all <laughs> dripping wet on fucking on his head. And he's just it fucking is, and, and fucking Samuel L. Jackson looks like a toad. Yeah. You know, just. Yeah. It was glistening in that movie. Yeah. It was fucking God, fantastic. when they shoot that fucking guy in the backseat. Oh, no, yeah. So, such a great. Man. Scene, they should have had soul glow in there for sure. Yeah, they should have. Like yeah, that scene, it, it, it invokes such crazy emotion, like such a range of like, is that funny? Oh my God, that's horrifying. Oh my, oh my God, yeah. like what the fucking happened? Yeah. That's the way they handle yep. it. They're yep. just talking about fucking uh, you think ro- that royals though, with cheese. Like You think that with fucking cooking shows though, you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? You, you can't so handle like, you can't handle violence very well and you know. Yeah, I don't. <clears throat> True. So you watch them, you watch them cut up a steak and you're like, oh my God. This is fucking happening right now. Oh, I'm so mixed emotions right now. I had meat cravings a couple times this last month. Did I was you? Like, Fuck yeah. I was like, I'm craving shrimp or something weird. Big I'm dick like, or little dick? Just you know, huge. Shrimp, shrimp yeah, dick. huge. You want to bite dick. into yeah. it. Something huge. I don't want to fit. Tube steak. So it won the Palme d'Or at, at uh, Cannes that year, which is like the thing. It was nominated for seven Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Director. He ended up getting um, Best Original Screenplay, which he shared with Roger Avery. And they had a huge falling out over writing credits because I don't know if the credits actually say written by Quentin Tarantino and Avery. I think it just says, Quentin Tarantino. It just says a film by Quentin Tarantino, yeah. which implies you, he wrote. I don't and know if you have any notes. It. There was a woman that he worked super closely with. Did you have that in the notes? I can't think of her fucking name. I feel bad because he actually said the only person he's ever actually collaborated with. <clears throat> I mean, that might have been a stab at that other guy. Um, but like Probably there were was. buddies, it's, like uh, partners, like she wrote with everything. Tara Quintantino. <laughs> yeah, it was Tara Quintantino. Yeah, yeah. Quintantino. He yeah. thanks her like when he's winning his award, like, hey, like she should be up here. I don't think she went up there though, but uh. he, yeah, but he like got the spotlight on her. I'm gonna hmm. find out who it is. So, um, I've got a whole, I don't know where to put it. I've got a whole list of little douchey things that he's done. Um, the, which I'll just do it right now since that's where it is in my notes. Um, he's known for having a big temper on the set. And again, like everything I read is that he's famous for having a huge temper on set. So it's like when I hear these interviews with the stars saying he's nothing but delightful, I have to think he's that way yeah. with the stars, but not with, with, or they're just saying else. that cause they want a movie gig. If he has one, you maybe, can't burn your bridges. Maybe. maybe that's what I'm saying. I mean, it might yeah. also be like, you know, it's work. It's a job. Those are basically like employees. So maybe he's very business with everyone. And like, but he's also very Steve Jobs where he's like, he wants that fucking shit the way he fucking wants it. Right. And 
that might just be what it takes to make these things. You know what I mean? If yeah. Steve Jobs wasn't like, no, this fucking bo- remake this box. I want the corners to be round. I want it to be smooth. When you open this lid, I want there to be suction. It's so fucking close that right. like that the box has to fucking like suction form out of it. Like all these little things, like the headphones have to be wrapped this way. You know, it might be that that's the way he is with his. Directing. And I think the other thing well, is, though, temper, like, though, if you're a fucking, if you're making a million dollars, if you're making multi-million dollars a film, and your job is to be an actor, then you probably are much more forgiving about a director who's very nitpicky or throws a fit or whatever because, oh, that's his style. And at right. the end of the day, this is the quality of the film. So it's worth that's what I'm saying. There's also yeah. something but if you're just called. some fucking dude who's getting paid to fucking hold a boom mic or to fucking wrangle yeah. up cords and you're getting all fucking shit on by this douchebag. You're like, fuck this fucking guy. Yeah. I can you're go to a hemorrhoid wage. commercial, yeah. dude. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I get, I get paid more doing a hemorrhoid commercial than I am doing this fucking yeah. Tarantino movie. And that director is not going to be an asshole. Yeah, it's not like your name's going in the credits. Right, exactly. yeah. I mean, yeah. there might be a different perception. There's assholes involved. It's a hemorrhoid commercial. True. But yeah. True. The an asshole. Is an asshole they were nice assholes way. though. Yeah. 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 They're puckered. Yeah. Um, there was something called like a video room or something. And they were talking about something that was unique to him is that he was always like on the fucking camera. Like he was right fucking next to you. Like during the dance scene in Pulp Fiction, he's fucking doing the twist yeah. and shit off to the yeah. side where they said most directors are in another fucking room, like looking through a screen and like blah, 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 yeah. looking through monitors yeah. and shit. And he is right fucking there. Like next he to He does the, the old style of yeah. direction. Yeah. He might be yeah, jumping yeah, yeah. on the camera and fucking yeah. being like, no, do this. Pan it um, this way. Yeah. Fucking, you know. Very, very involved. Yeah. Because he's, he's looking at what he sees. That's what taking he wants, shots like. and shit and partying on set. Yeah. There was a story from, I think it was in Glorious Bastards, where they were doing Irish car bombs or some shit. He said, no, it needs to be real. And like they were drinking a. I don't know what it was. Something they were drinking. They were slamming these glasses down. It was like seven in the morning. And this fucking guy was like, he was making us take shots. And he's like, again, we got to do it again. Do it again. He's like, fuck, we're like seven shots deep in this motherfucker right now. And it's like, it's the morning. You know what I mean? I'm fucking trashed. And that he slammed a glass down and it fucking broke in his hand. And he was just like maniacally fucking laughing and bleeding and shit. They, they were like, he's fucking, he's kind of wild. Of fucking shit. You know yeah. that scene from Django where fucking uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is fucking screaming at the fucking table when he figures out what's going on and he knows yeah. they're trying to buy the girl slave. He's like fucking sitting there screaming. Yeah, yeah. This is bloody. He really broke yeah. the fucking glass on accident and didn't fucking cut. And was that was real fucking blood. He cut. That's what they were like. Yeah. That's and they just went with it. As got an a actor, standing though, ovation. Yeah, and as an actor though, you know, like if that happens, you just fucking roll with it because that's right. his best as it can get another you're not cutting your uh, yeah, hand yeah, yeah, open no, again no another scene kind of like that is actually in hateful eight when at one point someone's playing the guitar kurt no kurt russell uh, like his character oh, the girl like, playing the gra- guitar the girl's playing yeah. the guitar and he grabs his guitar and smashes it because he fucking loses his temper the guitar that the girl was playing is like this 1800s <laughs> like real legit yes. fucking guitar that's worth like fucking fifty thousand oh, dollars or God. some shit yeah, and they had the prop version and the prop master between scenes like to swap is it. supposed to swap it and then Kurt Russell destroys the replica and the prop master didn't swap oh, it. Yes. So he fucking acted and grabbed the guitar and smashed it that, and he fucking smashed this I watched, uh, That woman had never played guitar in her fucking life. Oh, wow. And she learned how to play and sing that fucking song. I was oh, like, what crazy. the fuck? That's, yeah, it's not fair yeah. to be honest. So a couple other douchey things and we'll get back into his movie timeline and get through it. Um, uh, after when he had uh, gotten when natural born killers happened, he got in that fight with Oliver Stone. He ran into one of the producers named Dan Murphy and he fucking slapped him in the face 
Oh, um, yeah. Because they wouldn't do that. Sue him. And he sued Tarantino for $5 million, and the judge ruled in Murphy's favor um, and said that Tarantino was completely out of line in what he did, but he only awarded him $450. <laughs> So yeah, I'll be like, is that all it costs to slap you bitch? Yeah. Get over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I do it again, Judge? Yeah. I'll pay him nine hundred right yeah. now. I think the most cringeworthy thing I saw that he did was um in Howard an, Stern. Yeah, huh? the Howard Stern interview and did they you were listen talking to it? about yeah, I listened, yeah, I want to, listen to, to it too. Um they were talking about Roman Polanski who can't come back to the United States because he raped a thirteen year old girl. So he lives in some other country and that's still where, where he they makes do that films. in Paris. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, he like gets in this argument with Howard Stern and this Robin. is Howard Stern. Howard yeah. Stern's crazy. Like yeah. if he says and, you're out of line, yeah. or that you're wrong, you're probably yeah. fucking wrong when it comes to some, and a situation he was, like that. He was like, no, it wasn't rape. It was it was statutory like, rape. statutory rape. No, you know, it was, he didn't like rape her. And they were like, he got her high and drunk, and then had sex with her, and, and she's, she's fucking thirteen, 13. dude. Like that's. that's and yeah. uh, it's not, he, she wasn't 17. His she exact quote yeah. is she was down with it. Yeah. Dude. And even like how, like when he said that, even Howard Stern is like, ooh, like, yeah. like you could hear in his voice that even he was like, yeah, oh, dude. fuck, dude, you just went too fucking far with yeah. that one. You know, yeah, this, because the other yeah. thing is it happened like 1977 or some shit. Yeah. Tarantino doesn't fucking know that he talked to Roman no. Polanski. Well, like, uh, supposedly he was going to do a movie about Roman Polanski. But what side of the story is he basing those comments? Or wait, on? was Roman His Polanski side? a character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I don't know. That might have been that what it was. Roman that Polanski from three might have years been. ago or something, though. Huh. Like they pulled it back. But up. he researched and got to yeah. know him intimately at some point. It might have been part of. Again, I turned it off because I couldn't fucking stand. I mean, it, is there a difference between factor. statutory rape and rape? Yeah, but that was not the case. No, that was not the one to argue it no. on. Like, no, you, no, you no. picked the wrong no. hill to die on. Statutory rape isn't on a thirteen-year-old no. yeah, girl. You're a thirteen-year-old girl, whether she was consensual or not. And you are the like fucking the the moral. You are the guiding light. You are the decision maker. You're an adult, grown man. That's not fucking that's a child. Okay. And right. And I would consider statutory rape like somebody eighteen or nineteen and a seventeen year old. You know what I mean? Right. Like eighteen come back or sixteen that, or fifteen. They were like, they were 17, like, 18. they were like, yeah, but she was thirteen. And he was like, yeah, you're talking about like U.S. morals. He's like, if you go to China, they cut him off a little bit. But I know where he was going. Yeah, 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 yeah. China, yeah. Japan, yeah. Japan. They married at fourteen. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, for sure. But this isn't fucking China. Like the law is the law. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like with fucking with the Weinstein stuff, he's come out several times and said Weinstein. That, that he, he knew says that. He knew the whole time the Weinstein bears. that he was raping people and like he and should just have done kept, something. He was still the like his I think his company produced all of his movies except for his last one. Yeah. So he had he had close rela- he had a close personal relationship with him as yeah, a he had studio uh, owner, you know. Like uh, he had reason to be quiet, I guess, you know what I mean, yeah. like business-wise, like right. mo- monetarily. Right. But to, to and like, I hate uh, to say it, there's probably a good amount of directors who could say the same oh, exact yeah. thing Lots that of knew exactly knew. what he was doing and did nothing to stop it. He was a guy in power, movies. and you know we've gone over that kind of stuff in the Cosby. That yeah. kind of shit fucking happens, and a lot of yep. people take advantage of it. Unfortunately, yep. I think the one thing that you could say an ode to um, for females and Quentin Tarantino is that he definitely does give females power, like power roles, like. They're strong, powerful. Like the women are the star. They're the fucking superhero in his movie. And even they're that's fucking, hit or even that's hit or miss, though. And I, I do have to. I mean, I agree with that as a statement. Yeah. But then I've read a lot of people who counteract that and say, but they're all like beaten, abused, rape victim, like 
I mean, there's no reason for that to. They're, they're like he he has like these weird sexual rape bondage fantasies some, that he ties up around stuff, all the feet always yeah. come into play for some reason. Like they're all like downtrodden, abused, raped, Dude, paralyzed. That, yeah, that like that's with like Uma Thurman, that fucking yeah, hospital it's scene. It's like and as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, they do make a good point. Like Dude, none of them were well, strong. Think about women the letters. Yeah, think about the letters that he wrote to his mom and shit. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah, he's tell that me that that fucking Kill Bill fight scene with the fucking chick is it the not Black Mambo, where the, where, the, where the little daughter comes in. The fucking oh, yeah. In. That is the best that's fucking fight, fight scene. scene. Like, not even the like that's the best female fight scene. scene. Yeah. That fucking scene, dude, that is brutal. Like, it's a fucking great throwing scene. her against the wall, yeah. breaking shit. And the way they stop when, this fucking, when her daughter comes in and they just fucking get her all bloody. Like, hey, baby. Yeah. <laughs> mommy's got a friend over, whatever the fuck they say. It's like, Jesus Christ. And then the Uma, Uma Thurman stuff, like the whole car wreck thing. He, he basically coerced her into, and again, she was the one who made the call to decide to drive the car. There was no stunt. But there was girl no there stunt girl. The car wasn't properly set up, and he lied about the nature of the road. <laughs> he said that it was a straight, smooth road, and she wasn't going to have a problem, and she had to get up to 40 miles an hour or her hair wouldn't flow right. <laughs> but the road wasn't, wasn't set. It was a right. dirt road that had up. curves in it. So she just fucking flat out got in a car wreck, like yeah, if you're permanently not a fucking fucked up her neck, like driver, like yeah. you're not fucking pulling that off, right. you know. So um, yeah, she permanently hurt. He lied like, to her, her neck about and that. Something else, and she's and Knees, when I she think. gets choked in Kill Bill, he's by Bill. He's the one choking her, and and a girl explained in Glorious Bastards. And in Glorious Bastards, he did the same thing. She explained what the thought process was behind it, and it's, yeah. it was like sounded justified for well, whatever he, reason. His just, I think his, his justification justified it, but really he's a fucking kind of twisted. Yeah. So I mean, what I he said, and it might, it he was like, "I know, you know, I know the look I need to see on the face when the veins are actually getting cut off, because otherwise <laughs> it's going to look face, <laughs> going to look fake." And I know when to stop so I don't hurt anybody. So I'm going to be the one. Really, who you're that, does you're the train. Yeah, he's you're like, only train. I can he's tell when I'm about to come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no shit. It. Yeah, he walks away with a wet spot on his and pants. When, this motherfucker's smart enough, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could be very well be a serial killer. Yeah. And when Michael Madsen's character spits in Uma Thurman's face in Kill Bill, it's him. Like Tarantino insisted that he be the one that spits in her face. Yeah, that's a fucking. So fantasy. it's like mm. he, that's a fetish. <laughs> that's some fetish shit, dude. Yeah. That's some fetish shit. Yeah. Well, it definitely comes through. Oh, like I said, the foot thing. That's in Death Proof. That's in yeah. fucking uh, yeah. Kill Bill. There's a bunch of weird foot yep. shit. Like I bet so you a lot he of that replays stuff. that him spitting in her face and choking her. Just yeah, fucking a lot. Like my my alignment with again my asshole factor test. Like. <laughs> He was He's a bigger asshole than the last film was good. And doing this research about him, he's an even bigger asshole than I thought he was. So I don't even know if I'm gonna watch his next film. He's an even bigger asshole than most top. of his movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like he has a few yeah. good ones. Yeah, but he's um, really intelligent, Dave. No, he's very intelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he did Four Rooms next as a collaboration. Then he did Jackie Brown, uh, which again. Uh, he got Pam Greer, who was in black exploitation movies, to sort of make a riff on a black exploitation movie, um, and it uh, it was well received, but it wasn't a huge uh, b- a box office uh, success. One thing I thought was cool, so this is based on a Elmore Leonard novel, and Michael Keaton plays an FBI agent named Ray Nicolette, and then a year later. Um, Steven Soderbergh directed another Elmore Leonard movie that had the same character in it. Totally different director, totally different production company, but they rehired Michael Keaton to play the same role, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, he did a Broadway film. He acted in it um, called Wait Until Dark in 98 with Marissa Tomei. 
and apparently the reviews were fucking awful. Everyone said that he was just the worst fucking thing on Broadway and he was a fucking dog shit actor. And apparently it really fucked him up. Yeah, like man. It really hurt his fucking ego. Well, because probably, you know, what was different was it was that was the one thing he doesn't feel confident about. He sure. knows that he can write. Yeah, he yeah, knows yeah. that he can direct. 100%. He knows all the other shit. But that was the thing where he was like, I don't know. I've been in a couple of movies and I got away with it because it was a small spot. And that you know? was, by the way, he never was in another one of his movies after that moment. Yeah. Like he was in his movies up until that play. And then he, Cause he doesn't he want that to even off. be a factor. Right. Like, it could be like the movie could be fucking amazing, except for Tarantino's. Part, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a little like. Um, he got uh, tapped to do a version of Iron Man in 1999, uh, but nothing came of the project. There were probably creative differences. I'm glad nothing oh, came I, of I the bet. project. I bet. Yeah, it would have been weird. Yeah. He would have had like fucking weird text coming across the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then he did Kill Bill, and the whole thing was to do a. a a mashup and nod to a lot of his shit is from his childhood influence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like those old huge like movies, both Kung Fu movies and like the Hong Kong action style of the seventies. Well, her outfit is like Brucey's outfit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The dragon. Like there's a bunch of little stuff in there. And the kill bills were just fucking great. They were box office successes. They were good movies. I rewatched them recently and I wasn't as in love with most of the fight scenes as I was when it first came out. That knife fight scene is really good. But even like when she fights the crazy 88s, I was like, yeah, this isn't really the best fight scene. All things considered, like there are fight directors who are way better yeah. at that. Than they had to make is. that shit go black like that because the blood. Yeah. It was going to be NC-17. Yeah. I saw the an interview with the stunt person that like runs up the stair banister and shit. And she said like his direction was cool because he was like, hey, why are you running up the banister? She's like, because I'm supposed to get to the top and like fight the guys or whatever he's like no but why are you running up the banister and she's like uh and it's like oh to get to fucking lucy lou like she fucking like i need revenge like and so she said little things like that like the way that i ran up the stairs is different because i'm going up there because i have a motive because motive, my objective yeah. is to kill this bitch because right. i need revenge <clears throat> right and and little things like that and the whole story came from pulp fiction when they were on the set of pulp fiction like sh- i think she even pitched the idea and she was like it'd be really cool to, to see like a like an action movie with like a kung fu like female yeah. star and all this stuff and he said like I'll write it and get it back to you in 2 weeks. Yeah. And then it like took he, it took him a year and he, I think he showed it to her on her birthday. So he he wrote all of Kill Bill. The whole with, so with good. That part mind. where she shows up at, at Tori Hanzo's in the little fucking place and orders yeah. tea and they're talking and he's yelling at the fucking guy and all that shit. That's yeah. all, it's also good, man. He started to produce movies, which I didn't know this. He was the produ- He either produced or brought movies over from China. So he was responsible for Iron Monkey with Donnie Yen, which is a fucking great movie. He was responsible. He didn't direct him or anything. He was responsible for Hero with Jet Li. Uh, he produced Hostel, which Hero, I didn't yeah, see, it but I, I, it's another yeah. uh, uh, kung fu movie. He did The Protector with Tony Jaw, which is really like so. I mean, he has an eye for fucking kung fu movies and brings them over and produces them. And well, Hero like cinematically is like crazy, like yeah. it's just fucking yeah arrow scenes and just everything that they did. Um, his next movie was Inglorious Bastards, um, which he had been writing for quite a while. Um, he was I forget when it's somewhere in my notes. He was he started writing a, a World War II movie um years and years before and he said that he wrote enough for three movies and that it was kind of disjointed and didn't make any sense and when he really kind of got down to what the story was that Inglorious Bastards was the core of it and it was supposed to be the first part of a trilogy 
a revenge trilogy with Inglorious Bastards being the first one. And then it was all about like, you know, people getting revenge about the race that subjugated them. So the Jews right. are killing Nazis and Inglorious Bastards. Django is a slave killing the white slave owners. Revenge had, is a common yeah. repeating theme. Yeah, And he had another one that was supposed to be the third one in that trilogy that was going to be about a group of black soldiers in World War II, but I can't remember what they were fighting against or, or what they were doing, but that was, but I, I don't think it's going to get made because allegedly he's only making one more film. I wish I could have found a good clear uh, mm. thing with the connected Tarantino universe where like all the, like the red apple tobacco, yeah. like to have it all the way back from fucking like hateful. And some of the characters are like the great grandfather of another character. Yeah, like they mention that name or they're like, yeah. oh, I haven't heard about such and such in a long time. And it's like, oh, you're talking about that motherfucker. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so a different movie. Yeah. yeah. That, but it flows through and there's an <laughs> yeah. order to it like that is they're the yeah. distant relative of the person from that movie and show yeah. like to think that through like that That's and cool. to have it work cohesively yeah like and actually continuity wise be correct and work without some kind of weird mistake is right is impressive yeah um but yeah inglorious bastards if you haven't seen it definitely watch it great movie um then he did django in 2012 um he won best screenplay um it was uh up for best picture cinematography and sound editing, but it didn't get any of those. And then at one point uh, when he was on set, uh, DiCaprio went up to uh, Jamie Foxx and Samuel L. Jackson. And he was like, I'm really uncomfortable with today's dialogue. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do or, you know, and that's just rough. Man. Yeah. Samuel just Jackson like fucking run with it, brother. Samuel Jackson <laughs> said, Hey motherfucker, this is just another Tuesday for us. Let's go. So uh, like that, you're a fucking actor. Those are your lines. Yeah. Action. Like, so come on. Q8. Like, we're not going to get Take mad the emotion at you. out like, of this. We're not yeah. going to be mad yeah. at you. But Jamie Fox, that, on that Q8 movie, uh, Jamie Foxx and uh, Samuel Jackson talk about how he didn't want to say the N word. He's like, I'm fine. just not comfortable doing it, man. And so they went up to them and he was like, we are, that's, that, that is your property. That, that man belongs to you. That's your property. Like, yeah, they had shit to, to flip the script. They sell the shit to him, and he went into such <laughs> fucking hardcore mode. Jamie Foxx is like, that motherfucker walked on set the next day. I was like, yo, what's up, D? He's just like, nothing. He said <laughs> shit to me. It was on. And he went out there and fucking did those parts. And he we had can't to, like, be friends. If I'm going to yeah, do yeah, this, yeah. we can't yeah. be he friends. He became yeah. a fucking racist plantation owner. Like, he fucking turned that shit on. He <laughs> said so yeah. it was like almost like too much. Damn, right. yeah. Damn bro. Yeah. Yeah. Back it off. Yeah, because so, he's fucking brilliant in that. Yeah, movie. that yeah, he's, he's unbelievable. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great movie. I'm torn. I want to watch that movie yeah. that you suggested earlier, and I'm like, there's so much shit we're talking about right here. Yeah, Django's like three hours long. Yeah, it's such a good movie yeah. though. Yeah, it is a very good movie. Yeah. Like that, that's a really good movie. Um, he did Hateful Eight next in 2015. Um, it got wah, a bunch of wah. Golden Globe yeah. nominations. Um, I don't know how. I just I don't know. I guess. I, I don't agree. Like that that movie was so fucking terrible. I can't give it an honest whatever because I just I didn't and I'm not even it. I'm not even basing that's it on the your fact, honest whatever. Dude. I, I'm yeah. I'm not even basing that on the fact that I dislike Kurt Russell's acting. Like I'm just <laughs> I'm talking about the actual the film, script, the itself. film itself, yeah, yeah. the yeah. the storyline. It, I just don't That's get it. That's the because let but. some shit go about something from the name of entertainment. You know what I mean? I yeah. think yeah. my problem is that a, a lot of times um, 
a movie doesn't get a fair shot with me because by the time I get to take control of the TV, it's fucking late and I'm tired. Right. And once I fall asleep during a movie, I'm you can't fucked. get back to it. And I try to get back to it. I try to get back to it. The movie's <clears> almost <throat> doomed. If I fell asleep watching right. it, I have trouble getting or a TV series. Even I'm like, fuck, it's trying to get back in. See, this I shit. agree with you, but I always get to a point where it's like I'm starting to get sleepy. I'm just gonna stop this film and watch the rest of it tomorrow night. Like I always mm. catch That's myself my problem, and like, stop it. I'll and, wake up in and out of it, and I'm yeah. like, fuck, I know I missed some yeah, shit, dude. I gotta yeah. start this whole episode yeah, I over. I need to go back. To but the if it's not that if you never do it's not that important yeah if it true. was a really good movie you'd go you'd back to watch it. it yeah true so he got married in 2016 um they had a, a child in 2019 they had their first child together uh once upon a time in hollywood comes out uh dave turns it off um, <laughs> it like that's uh, how i did that was fucking, on wikipedia yeah, was like, yeah it got best yeah. screenplay best dave motion picture uh, best See, and that's how most in picture that, and that's clothes. how I feel about that. Like you turn that one off, and that one gets all kinds of awards, yeah. and you're like, "What in the oh, fuck?" Like who? It, like yeah. Like, I mean, people yeah. loved Aquaman, dude. That that's true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they paid people. That was like Chinese fucking. Yeah. It's just people eat that kind of shit up, and when you're being honest, you're just like, it was just not fucking good. Yeah, and yeah. he wants. So the thing is, he wants to get out of cinema because he doesn't like the way. Because he, I don't like cinema, and either. he calls it cinema because he believes all movies should be seen at a cinema at right. the movie theater. That's the whole point of it, right. is to get that scale. Mm. And he said we're losing that as a culture, so that's why he wants to get out. Out of filmmaking and he wants to start writing plays and books so he wrote the novelization of once upon a time in hollywood as like his first book and it actually got really good reviews new york times viewed it well like a lot of people were like because he's a fucking good writer right yeah. doesn't mean that a good screenwriter is going to translate into a good novelist or vice versa because that is not right guaranteed. not the case but apparently he's a good enough writer and a smart someone enough guy that said the his novel style really of, of writing well. is that he's almost a novelist that's adapting it to screen like he's adapting kind of. his shit to film the way he writes yeah yeah, but it's also to like you have to internalize their emotions. You have right. to describe everything in words instead of with images. So right. that's all there. So he plan. He says he said that he was going to get out at at film number ten. That's what he's always said. But once upon a time was film number ten, and he's in pre production for another movie right now, which he claims is when he's going to get out. Uh, one other thing, uh, two other things that I saw about him. Uh, he owns in L.A. He bought the New Beverly Theater. Um, which is like a classic theater in, in LA and he bought it and let the, cause it was failing and he let the previous owners continue to run it and work there and so forth. And, uh, part of it is it only plays 35 millimeter film prints. Like it will never do digital. Um, apparently one, I think one night a week, like he's, he's known to have one of the largest 35 millimeter uh, film collections in the world. Yeah. Really fucking obscure shit, foreign shit, whatever. But either once a month or once a week, he actually plays one of his prints at his theater mm. and he often attends it or will talk about it or whatever. So that's like that's a, cool. a a big thing in LA and he just bought another theater that will show new release movies as well as 35 millimeter. But that's, that's part of what his passion is. And then he's got a thing which actually as of the day we're recording this. So by the time you're listening to this, unless you're a patron and you're listening to it live, it's probably already done. But when I was researching it yesterday, He's launching, he was launching NFTs. When I was researching, it was like 17 hours until his NFT was supposed to drop for bids. So by now, the auction is either happening or is finished. But the NFT was scans of 
his working script, like his own working script from uh, Pulp Fiction, yeah. with him reading through it with a commentary. So if you ever wanted like the deep, deep commentary of of uh, Pulp Fiction and images of his script, you would have to be the one who gets the the NFT. Yeah. But Everybody's Miramax is saying, now. "Fuck you! Yeah. You don't own those rights. Ooh. Like we produce." So they gave him a cease and desist, and they're suing him. Uh-oh. So I so. But if he sells the NFTs and puts them out there, you can't get that shit back. So someone might end up with a Tarantino mm. NFT that Miramax gets the money back from Tarantino for because he didn't have the rights you to got sell it, it though, yeah. and you already fucking own it. Yeah. So that's all all part of it. He didn't think that through. So that's Tarantino. Um, some of his work is fucking majestic. Some of it is dog shit, and he's a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> so, and again, like I said, I, I honestly think he's a genius. I think he's a cinematic yeah, genius. Yeah, for sure. And I think his level of genius is what makes him the way he is. Socially, and it's yeah. like and he's just well, that not and that and I don't dumb. think like we're watching the movie on the same level he sees it at. Not you know at what all. I mean? Like that's not where at all. you know, and I and I get that, and that's yeah. fine. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So social media winner for episode 631, The Craze, uh, Crazed Kings of London, um, is going to be at Beasting on Bugs. Beasting on Bugs. All right. Matt mm. Mora is going to win a sticker pack. Um, Matt Mora. Print dirt cheap. How come everybody's name? You can just turn it into like some horror. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. You can make a pipe out of everything, too. Pretty it's much. True. That. Uh, it's yeah, true. It's sexual. They're mm. a whore or some sort of smoking device. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much universal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Across everything yeah. comes down to that. All cultures. It's the new paper rock scissors. Yeah. yeah throughout the history sex, of man. Sex whores pipe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you guys ever play that? <laughs> sex whores pipe. Yeah. Pipe burns whore. Yeah. <laughs> How's it go? How's it go? Whore <laughs> <laughs> uh, has beat, sex. Yeah, whore beats sex. Whore beats yeah. sex. Yeah. yeah. Sex beats pipe. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you have it. <laughs> that, that, someone's gonna play that. Someone's gonna. Have you played Bear Ninja Cowboy? That one's fun too. All right. Um, anyways, uh, we are part of the Podbelly Podcast Network. Go to podbelly.com and check out Art and Jacob and RRBG, the Rock and Roll Beer Guy podcast. Go check both those out at podbelly.com. Also, um, we are brought to you by El Yucateco Hot Sauce. That is our primary sponsor. It is nutritious. It's delicious. Um, it's the gift of flavor. Um, since 1968, they are the king of flavor. And they are at, at a local grocery store near you or at a big box like Walmart or Target. You can find it. Um, you can also get it at shopelucateco.com. And if you use code SOFAKING at the checkout, you will get a discount as well as receive a collaboration sticker that is exclusive and uh, collectible. Go get it. It's fucking cool. Part of a series. Yeah, part of a series. The first people, of a series. Yes. People get them. People got them. You can still do it Yep. Um, at shopelucateco.com. Code SOFAKING. Also, check out Print Dirt Cheap. Uh, go to printdirtcheap.com and you can get stickers and or printed goods if you have a business or a band or a podcast um, or any reason for printed goods. That could be your source and you can save some money using code Sofaking Podcast at checkout. Also check out Two Day Banners. That's the number two, daybanners.com. If you need a banner, um, then get that shit to you fast. Uh, I got a couple banners and I've gotten two banners um, and they are great quality. You get them grommeted or you get fucking all kinds of stuff. They, yeah. they have... The cocks you got on there look very realistic. It looks great. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Coloring was a little yeah. weird, but that was my bad, not yeah. theirs. And where you put them in your room, you mm-hmm. could a little bit higher, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. They're not quite centered. The yeah. framing was a little weird, yeah. but eh, I can move them. There's always paint. That's true. That's true. So if you guys want to put cocks in your room, um, go to <laughs> twodaybanners.com. Use code <laughs> podcast to save some money on huge-ass cock banners. 
Um, that's basically what they wanted us to tell you. Um, yeah, yeah. The, that reading was, from a script just reading here. from yeah, the script. Reading from yeah, the script. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't judge me. That's the script. Yeah. Um, also, check out Jimmy D's Tees. You can go to jimmydstees.com. He sells all kinds of cool shit that he came up with and made, um, but he can also make stuff that you came up with. So go over there if you've got a business or a podcast yeah. or a band or any reason, a clothing line, whatever you want. If you need to source screen printing, um, he can do it if for you. If you want a shirt that matches your dick band. Yeah, you, yeah. exactly. You yeah. can do that. Can and then go get sticker, stickers yeah. that match that. Yeah. Pour some hot sauce on all that shit. Yeah. Go do it. Also, check it. out Retro Vague. Check out Mindframe Podcast at mindframepodcast.com. Um, and on that note, I'm done. Brad's got to get out of here. Yeah, patrons, yeah, yeah. patrons, patrons, love you, love you. Love thank you, you. Thank all you. right, yeah. All right. Uh, damn it, I forgot. R4 <laughs> slash uh, Reddit? No, Reddit. R4 slash Suffolk Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Suffolk Podcast. Uh, personal Instagrams. I'm at Raised with Wolf. So we have Self King Brent and Self King Dave. Check out uh, Tech Underscore Hot Sauce, Jimmy D's Tees, and Podbelly. Sorry for the rush at the end. Probably not listening anyway because you guys are fucking <laughs> cocksuckers. Don't be a retard. Mm-hmm.